Cool. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. We pray that as we go through your word, God, we pray that it would uh, speak to us, it would challenge us, it would reveal truth to us. And God, as it reveals truth to us and challenges us, God, I pray that we would accept that challenge. And God, we would move forward to being all that you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is a very familiar text. Now, how many of you guys have actually heard uh, or read or, you know, you've, you've uh, heard someone preach about this text? How, how, how many of you guys? How many of you guys? Okay. More than half of you guys. Because this is a very familiar text of Jesus walking on the water. You know, uh, uh, P- Peter going out there as well. He's walking, taking a few steps. All of a sudden, he gets full of fear. And then once he gets full of fear, he falls. And then there's... This thing where Jesus comes and helps them, Jesus quiets the, the storm, and um, they live happily ever after. They go into the sunset. You know, it's, it's done, okay? You know, um, but today I, I, I want to draw some um, con- conclusions that I, I, I think that sometimes we overlook because in our hastiness to get to the fact of us living this faith life. You know, we just had Jesus... Uh, he's walking in water. We're like, I want to do that too. God, I want to see that miracle too. God, I want to do what you're doing. And then all of a sudden we get out there and then we're kind of like, we, we stumble a little bit. Jesus comes and grabs us, lifts us out of the water. We get into the boat. The storm is calm and everything's great. Everything's awesome. But what I want to do is as we look at the life of Jesus today, because that's going to be the character in whom, in whom we focus on, is that I want to go back to the beginning of this section. And there is something that is very important that Jesus does that I think a lot of times we overlook, even in our own personal life. And what Jesus did was, is Jesus, um, um, it, the Bible says he sent the disciples away. He dismissed the crowd. And it gave him time to pray. So let, let's, let's, let's look at that for a bit. Let, let's. Jesus, well, the first thing is Jesus dismissed those who were there to serve. He dismissed them, you know. And, and sometimes the people in our lives who serve us, because of their acts of service, can actually be more of a distraction to us than actually people who are there to help us. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me give you an example. You know, um, many of you guys know that um, one of the main reasons why I have kids is so they can be clean. <laughs> you know, if, if two people laugh, three people laugh. But if you think about it, if, 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 you, know, you, you, why, you know, or if I'm sitting on the couch and there's something upstairs that I need, I call and have them go get it. You know, they're, 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 they're there to serve. You, you know, but how many of you guys know that, um, you, you know, and maybe this is more or less a reflection of my parenting, but, you know, uh, <laughs> is that, not that that wasn't, you know, but but maybe this is a more reflection of my parenting is that, you know, a lot of times when you give your young people instructions, it actually is more work because it's like you have to train them how to do it. And it's almost like you spend so much energy, so much time, and you're kind of like, well, I could just do it myself. You know, and, and, and I think that when we look at the life of Jesus, when Jesus was in this place where he was having these disciples, he, they weren't just people that were going around serving and following him. 
they were doing that, but they were people also that he was training up. And how many of you guys know that when you're in a position, especially if you are an employer or you're someone who supervises other people, you're always having to do this moment of, this is a training moment. This is a learning moment. This is, you know, they just made that mistake. They just made the wrong phone call. They just called and delivered the place to the wrong place. This is a training moment. And sometimes we just need the freedom from those that are there to help us and just say, okay, I, I, I need to relax my mind. I need to relax my brain. I need to physically, emotionally, psychologically get the rest and separation that I need. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you away. And then also understand that there's people there that Jesus was himself serving. People he himself was giving himself up, you know, of his wisdom, of his knowledge. And I don't know how many of you guys have, have ever done any, like, public speaking or you are a teacher and so you've been in front of the classroom, your students all day. It, it, it's draining, you know, because you're giving of yourself. You're giving of the time and the energy in which you have and since you have taken the time to to sow, now it's a time to dismiss them. It's a time to, you can't teach 24 hours a day. You can teach for a few hours and all of a sudden you feel overwhelmed. All of a sudden you feel like, oh my goodness, I need to be refreshed. I need a cup of water. I need to sit on my couch and just zone out and watch TV. I need that moment of separation. And what we see is, is that many of us in our lives, what we do is, is we have a tendency to be very good at sending people away or dismissing people from our lives. But the area in which we need to get better at is understanding in that free time, it is not a free time just to be free time, but it's a free time to sow. See, what, what we need to understand is that in our lives, if you sow rest, what do you become? No. You become more tired. You sleep. What, you sleep too much. What happens? Oh my God, I'm tired, more tired. Oh my God, I'm, I'm this. If you need more energy in your life, what do you have to do in order to get more energy? Work out. You have to sow energy. And it's the same thing with our lives as we are trying to be Christians and how we're trying to get to a place where we hear the voice of God. And not only do we hear the voice of God, but we respond to the voice of God is that you have to position yourself to hear from God. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling depressed. You're feeling like, like life is just falling apart and like you can't cope and you can't make it. And you're not, it's never going to work out for you. You start becoming negative. You start becoming bitter. You start being full of anxiety. One of the steps that you take in order to get freedom from all that is spending the appropriate time with God because understanding that it's in your weak moments that the enemy is going to come. It's in your weak moments where temptation is going to come. I have a pastor friend of mine who's down in San Diego. He used to preach all over the world. Now he does all this stuff like at his church. And it's awesome, amazing, amazing stuff. But for him, this is what he says. He goes, as as a young pastor, this is what I want to teach you. This is what I want to tell you. When you are the most tired is the moment when the enemy is going to show up. And he goes, the enemy shows up. Every single time that I'm on my, I'm on the road, I'm at a hotel, I've been preaching, I've been drained, giving, 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 giving. And he goes, that's why when I get back to my hotel room, I don't just sit there and watch TV. He goes, what I do is, is I go take a bath or go take a shower and everything, and I get me a glass of wine. I sit there to relax. And he goes, I'm not getting there, getting drunk. But I use the wine to relax myself. 
and then I go to sleep. He goes, that's my routine, because he knows in that moment, the most vulnerable time of his day is not when he's on stage, not when he's having the one-on-one pouring into the pastor whose church he's visiting. It's when he goes and he's alone. And it's when we're alone which determines where our future and the power and the impact and the influence in which we're going to have. So this is my question to you. How's your alone time? First thing is, do you make room in your life for you to have it? And let me just tell you right right now. Some of y'all that are married need to get the clue that the alone time that you need is not the alone time with your spouse. It's just not there. And for y'all that are single and y'all waiting to find the one so y'all can have the alone time with y'all spouse, you know, th- that, that's not all you, 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 you need. Because let me tell you right now, your spouse will be the one who is serving you so much that they are distracting you from hearing the voice of God. You've got to hear the voice of God for yourself. It says that Jesus sent the disciples away. He dismissed the crowd. Why? So that he can get the alone time that he needed with his heavenly Father so that he can get refreshed, so that he can be full of joy, so that he can be full of faith, so that he can be full of, you know, yes, we can, yes, we can, yes, we can, yes, we can. But let me just tell you right now, many of the things that we are faced with inside of our lives do not allow us and are fighting for our free time. YouTube is fighting for your free time. Instagram is fighting for your free for, for your free time. You're like, how do you know that, Pastor? Because that's how they make their money. It's all about eyes on us. And Jesus is saying, no, eyes on me. And this is not something so that you can feel guilty. I'm a liar. Oh, my God. Oh, Pastor, I have some more time with, with, with God. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That's just a stress. That's just anxiety on my life. Oh, my God, I got to do it. Oh my, and as soon as you start to get me so overwhelmed by the process, that you never actually do the thing that you're actually feeling guilty about or that you're feeling stressed about. Why? Because you, you're making it too hard. Make it easy. What did it say? Jesus dismissed them, or he sent them, he dismissed them, and he said, this is my time, I'm going to take advantage of it. When it is your time, take advantage of it. Because, and, 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 and let me just say right now, this is not a message just for that, but this is a message to get us to the next three things that I'm going to talk about. Because when you spend the time that you need with God, when you spend the time that you need, this is not about someone else, this is about you, you can do the next three things. And I believe that all three of us, all, I mean all three, all of us want to be doing the next three things. We want to be doing, we want influence. We, we, we want more finances. We want, you know, you know we, we want whatever else comes with that. I know that's what every single one of us inside of this room wants. But it all begins with us sending them away, dismissing them, and then us getting alone with God. Getting alone with God for wisdom, for insight. For, for, for all the little things that we need inside of our lives to feel as though, you know, like I'm worthy enough. And like I can do this. I can make this happen. I can, you know, you know all the things that to, so that we can keep moving forward. I'm going to fast forward a, a, a little bit to inside this story. But, um, but, but, but before I say that, we've got to set aside a time and a place. Do you have a time and do you have a place where you meet God? 
And this changes throughout the seasons of your life. When my kids are in school, I show up 30 minutes before school gets out for two reasons. First reason is because I live in Benicia, and they don't be showing up late. They be showing up early, and all the parking spots, and then I got to walk real far in order to get to pick up my kids from the front door. You know, and I don't want to have to walk that far, so I can show up 30 minutes early. But what I've also learned is that it's a great time for me to spend time with God. I turn on my version app for the, for the text I have to read. I have a little notebook in my pen. So because I'm anticipating God speaking to me about something, about something sticking out, so I write it down. I write it down. Sometimes I write additional notes about that thought. Other times I don't. Other times I just turn to write down the thought, and I let it sit there. And I go back later on and look through it. And I'm like, wow, God said that to me. Well, that, that's an awesome thought right there for what I'm going through right now. See, if you have no sense of expectation, why do you expect God? To, why do you even think that God's going to show up? Because, you know, when, when, when you come over my house, I have a sense of expectation. You have a sense of expectation there's going to be food there. Right? You, you, oh, Diane, you, you, don't, you, don't, you didn't show up. So that's kind of a little bit different. That's kind of a little bit. You, you have an expectation that we're going to be there. So, uh, and if we're not, you still know how to get in our house. So, but it's, so whatever. That's why I know. Now, everybody has all that access like, like she does. But whatever. For all of us normal people, you know, when, if, if, if I was to go over someone's house, I'm expecting there to be food. You know, I'm expecting that there's going to be a level of hospitality. And I think it's the same thing when we meet with God. That we have a sense of expectation that he wants us there. He's going to meet us there. He's going to talk to us. And if he doesn't talk to us, hey, I'm cool because i got some great notes of stuff that I just read through. And that is speaking to me, and that's God's word. Here we go. It, 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 I want to draw our attention to uh, um, Jesus when he has walked. So he's just spent time with God. He said, okay, how am I going to get to this boat? And I'm just thinking of his mind. This is not actually in the Bible. I'm just kind of thinking about what might have been inside of God's mind. You know, this is like the appendix or whatever. I'm not really sure what I'm saying now. So we'll keep on going. But um, so Jesus looks at the water. And I guess he sees like the boat. Many people feel that, well, I'm not going to say that. So I don't know that but, but Jesus starts, starts walking. And at some point, a storm develops. At some point, an issue arises in the situation. And Jesus is... The disciples are in the boat. You know, they're like, whatever. And then all of a sudden, they see something walking on the water. They see something on the water. And they're like, oh, my goodness, what is it? And the Bible tells they begin, they begin to be filled with fear, doubt, and anxiety. Why? Because of the storm. And then in the storm, they're seeing something out of the ordinary. Okay? And how many of you guys have lived life long enough you, you know, you know, I, I talk to our young people, and, and I'm like, give me your prayer request, things you guys are praying about. And they start naming stuff and be like, y'all just haven't been through nothing yet. You know, I sat there over there when, when we got all the money that we needed to send them all to camp. I said, God is just so too, too good to y'all. Y'all, 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 God just needs to give y'all a whooping. Not, not saying, you know, but I was like, yeah, you guys, you guys, are, you guys are blessed. You know what I'm saying? See, someone has to pay a hundred bucks to go to camp. Y'all ain't even got to pay nothing to go to camp. What are y'all doing? Y'all, y'all just too blessed, you know? And, 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 but for all of us that have lived a little bit, how many of you guys know that a storm in our life doesn't just happen? It happens and it's always accompanied by a whole bunch of other things. That's why we've developed these stupid, you, you know, stereo things. I don't know what you call them. Stupid, you know, spiritual sayings or things that we do where we say, oh, it happens in threes. 
<laughs> you know, you know, well, where's the third person going to die? You, you know, you, you know, you know, and, and, and all of us, all of us, and all of us in our minds probably can think about, yeah, it did happen in three. It did. It did. It did. You, you know, what I'm like, like we can develop like this, this whole theory and, and, and concepts out of our mind about what happens in threes. You know, uh, you know, my pipes broke. Oh, well, 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 my dog slipped and fell, and then, um, you know, uh, you know, it, it the roof fell in. You know, you know, we, it happened in threes. You know, and, and so as we talk through this, you know, it's like for us that have lived, we know that many times the issue that has happened or the storm that we end is also accompanied by other weird things. You know, it's other circumstances that are around us. And, and, and what happens is, is that as Jesus gets closer to the boat, to the place that he was going, what happens is, is that he says this to them. He says, take heart. And this is the first point of what I want to talk about today is this whole idea of a call to action. When you have spent the time that you need with God, you are then, in the middle of a storm, able to call people to action. Not to gossip. Not to talk bad about people. But able to call people where they're at and speak in the middle of their circumstance and bring hope. That doesn't just happen just because. That happens when you spend time with God. So you want to know, oh, well, how do I deal with my coworkers? How do I deal with the chaos that's in my home? How do I deal with the chaos on the streets or in the neighborhoods that I live with? You spend time with God, and then you have the potential and the ability in the middle of the storm to bring comfort to people's hearts. What does he say? He says, take heart. What he's saying is, man up. What he's saying is, don't be gripped by what you are experiencing right now physically. Take heart. Grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of the hope. Grab a hold of the, whatever else you got to do is that you are able to speak into a circumstance. You are able to speak to a disease. You are able to speak to the lack of finances. You are able to speak speak to the chaos that exists all around you, and what you are able to do is say, you know what, take heart inside this moment. Take heart. Don't be distracted. Don't be messed up. Don't be confused. Don't be anything else outside of what I'm speaking into you right now. What you need to understand is that your voice has power. Your voice has power. The power to comfort the power to heal, the power to mend, the power to do all the little bitty things that it, that people are needing it to do. Or will you just be the person that just says, yeah, it's bad, I have a dream. Oh, you know, you know, that's just the way life is. Oh, well, you know, your daddy was that way. You that way, too. Oh, you know, you know, just what happens, or are you the person who speaks like Jesus did because you spent time with your Heavenly Father so you can walk in the middle of a storm and say, you know what, take heart, it's going to be okay. You know what, there's a bigger plan here. 
you know what, God has something for, for you. I, I can already see it. You know, you remember when he did blank, blank for who, and blank, blank for that. You remember, and guess what, this is what he's done for, for me. You can make it through this. It's going to be okay. You know, and sometimes what we get so stuck on is I don't have the right words to say to people. You don't have the right words because you don't spend enough time with God. I have never walked into a situation that has the right words. The right words have come after or during, not before. Let me just go through a little secret. Okay, so, you know, I, really, my first opportunity to, to pastor was at like, how old was I, 22? When I got married, we were 22. So we're 20, I was 23, 24. You know, they threw me into this position called interim pastor. And really, you know, it's like an interim pastor. It's like interim pastor. You kind of put it together. But really what, what, it, what it was is that I was kind of like, you're the guy who's up. You're the next man up. Now just do it. So I was doing funerals with him for like a year. I was doing like weddings. I was doing everything. You know, I just kind of got out there. But, but I remember I used to go and I would have like pastoral care me. So I knew people called the church like, oh, man, God, this. And I'd be like, hey. So what's your crisis again? And, and, and I would try to get as much information as I could on the phone, not because I really was trying to help them over the phone. It was because I was really was trying to see how much reading I needed to do to prepare myself for the actual meeting. And so I remember going, you know, I would have this pastoral care book that I got from seminary. I would go to the issue and I would read about it. Be like, you know, try to memorize verses and type thing. You know, like I'm trying to like study up. I'm trying to be like, you know, show himself well prepared. So I'm like reading it and we sit there and we sit there and we have a conversation about what's going on in a person's life. And none of that helped this. It was cool to have all that. It was cool to know all that. But then the conversation went to such a right and went to such a left that in that moment I couldn't trust upon what I had read. I had to trust in the fact that I had spent time with God and the things that not just what I had prepared for that moment, but the things that I had been preparing for over the moment that I had spent with God were going to speak life into that person. I want you to know, a person never left the office feeling like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know what he was talking about. They always left the office saying, oh my goodness, you know, I really feel like we can, yeah, I can do this. I can work this through and do this. But this is going to, yeah, it's going to happen full of faith, full of excitement for the future. But that comes by spending time with God. You, you know, we, 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 we've been talking, well, we haven't been talking. We, we haven't been talking, but... We have been talking. See, I didn't go up to like God. I said like we, like I'm talking about like the radio stations and, you know, like the uh, TV. We have been talking about, about you know, up, up, about people after they come back from injuries, you know. And, 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 and so one of the conversations that's been coming up is muscle memory and, and how they come out, you know, how, you know, like an athlete who maybe is past their prime or, you know, has, you know, they, they, they can go out there and all of a sudden they can become, you know, not at the level that they were, but, at, uh, you know, at least a level above us normal people, okay? You know, by, when they can do whatever they do on the field. And, and, and it's all because of muscle memory. What is the muscle memory around you going through storms? And the only way you change that is by what you do when the storm or before the storm hits. It's not during the storm. And after the storm, you're trying to pick up all your life, trying to do all this stuff. And so really the time for you to do the work that you need to do is before the storm. 
is before you're faced with that temptation, before you're faced with that issue, before you're faced with that financial struggle thing that you constantly keep getting yourself into, before you get there, get the mental memory right. And everybody say number two. The first thing was you take action. The next thing he goes, he identifies it's I. Can you identify who you are in the situation, or are you so emotionally engulfed in it that you actually can't bring hope into it because you're so emotionally tied into it? You know, there, there are moments when I'm talking with, you know, my wife brings me in as the master mediator of the issues that come up inside of our family. And she's all, I just don't understand how you can do that. And, and, and I said, because I disconnect myself from who's going, what's happening, to what actually, you know, to, to like, you know, it, it, it's you, and it's, it's you, this is what you always do, this is how you do this, this, you know, to, okay, let's look at the larger picture of where we're going as a family, where we're going as a community, and let's deal with those that help us to get moved forward. See, Jesus says, hey, it is I. And he knew who he was. Hey, hey, it's, it's, it's me. Remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago, about the identity of you knowing who you are. When you know who you are, don't compromise who you are in the situation. Don't, 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 don't bend your morality issues or your morality standards. Remember last week we talked about having standards. Don't, don't bend your standard, 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 there you go. In order, I'm like country right there. I don't know what was going on there. But we got standards, your standards, in order to try to fit into somewhere so that when there's chaos, you're not able to bring words of wisdom, you're just silently supporting. And yes, your silence, if you're not speaking up when you're supposed to be speaking up, when you're not bringing Jesus in the moments that you need to be Jesus, all you're doing is encouraging the bad behavior. You are becoming what psychologists call a codependent of the issue. Don't be a codependent to someone else's issue. If they're doing wrong, you probably need to just tell them they're doing wrong. And many of you guys have thought that's hard for us. And the reason why it's hard for us to tell people that they're doing wrong is because we haven't built the bridges and the relationship that is needed in order to actually speak truth into this situation. And so you just don't tell people that they're wrong because you tell them they're wrong. You tell people wrong because you've built a bridge that enables you to have the power and the voice and the authority in the person's life in order to tell them they're doing wrong. Hey, it is I. How many of you guys need Jesus to show up and say, hey, this is I? Just says you need it, our world needs you to be that for them. It is I. Let me tell you right, right now. My wife walks through the door. I, my world is chaotic. And my wife just knows that I don't really tell this, but I, I kind of give her a hug. Like, oh, I love you. That's great. You know, whatever. But, but, but really what, what happens is, is my world becomes like, like this chaotic thing. It's like, like this is wild. Like this is it's going everywhere. Like it's just pulling apart. And then she walks in. I hear the door go. You know, you hear like like the scream. You, know, you hear the scream. That's not really a good example of that. You hear that? You hear that? You know, you hear the little, the scream close. And I'm like, my wife's here. And all of a sudden, this becomes. Why? Because my wife comes into the house knowing who she is. 
you, you know, and, and when my girls, hey, mommy, hey, mommy, hey, mommy. You know, when I get home, they don't do that, Joel. Not nothing at all. I get home, hey, Dad. Well, Mom comes home. And the thing is, is that that's how we're supposed to be in the world in which we live. We're performance going. We show up and we go, it is I. And it should bring peace and calm into the circumstance. The last thing. So the first thing was a call to action. The second thing was a proclamation of you. And then the third thing is a response. It says, do not be afraid. This is very similar to, to the first response in which Jesus gave to his disciples in the middle of the storm while he was approaching the boat. But what's different is that it takes us even further into the relationship, further into emotionally, psychologically, physically what is happening inside of their lives. He goes, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Fear has a way of crippling you. You know, how many of you guys have ever really, really been afraid? We went to Disneyland about six months ago. And I was really, really afraid. I don't know how many of you guys do do this, but I do this all the time. You know, I, 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 I don't really like roller coasters. I, 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 I just don't. I'll go on them, but, but I don't like them. Like, like, like I just, you know, it, and, and it's not even really the sense of liking them. It's just in my mind, what goes through my mind is that, you know, the one and one million where, like, you go upside down and the thing opens and so you hear about someone falling out. I think that that's me. And for most of you guys who know me for a while, I fluctuate on my weight. So I'm not really sure how many clicks I really need. You know, and I'm not really, I'm not really sure if I'm like on the borderline of not fitting. So I'm like, what if I push in and it's like you don't hear the And I've even at times, I've even at times where I had it where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like waiting for a click, but I have no more inches to give. In order for this thing to close, I'm like, sorry, I didn't hear a click. I didn't hear a click. Hey, hey, I didn't hear a click. You know, and, and, and so, you know, no, so, so, like, for me, so you gotta realize that. And, you know, when you go to, like, these, I mean, it's like you're, like, in, and you're in line, like, 45 minutes to an hour. So imagine 45 minutes to an hour of my chum, my stomach, like, like, anxiety is building up. Like, it's like tension. Like, like, like my kids talk to me, and, and they're like, Dad, why are you so quiet? Dad, why are you so quiet? Dad, Dad, I'm like, shut up. Shut up. Don't talk to me. You know, and I'm just like, oh, Lord. And then, you know, like, you get to the part, you know, where they, like, put you in the lines. They put you in stalls. And to me, all I see is, like, you are cattle going to your death. Like, like that's all I see. Like, that's all I'm thinking about. I'm like, okay, we're going to walk to this thing. Well, why can't they be right here? Why are you putting me in number four? You know there's something wrong with number four. And then I just start having to pray. I'm just like, Lord, Lord, 
Then Jesus, I will serve you for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, y'all think I'm lying, but I'm telling y'all the truth. Like, this is what is going on inside my mind. And the person who's like annoys me the most, and she's like, Dad, will you ride with me? And number one, and I'm like, no. It's Ella, because she's like, because she's like, she's like poking me in the belly. She's like, and so all the things that she's doing are like irritating me even more. And I'm full of fear. I'm full of anxiety. I'm full of tension. Dude, and then it goes down and I'm like, I'm the person, like if there's like a bar right here to hold on to, I'm holding on to the bar. Like as though I'm strong enough if we're upside down and it opens up, like I can hold myself. Because we all know I can't. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, Lord. Sorry, Lord. So, you know, and, and then, you know, the whole thing about going up the hill. I'm freaked out. Like, like I am like, I'm like, I'm like, Lord, what if it just leans over and we all fall? Like, like, all the things go through my mind. Like, and I'm just kind of like there, and, and, and I'm going, and I'm going. All of a sudden, we get to that top of the thing, and then I'm like this in the picture. In the middle of all of that, the majority of that anxiety and that fear is all in my mind. And so I can only imagine that he is saying, stop being afraid. He's not just speaking to what they're physically showing. He's speaking to the most inward parts of who they are. And the thing is, is what I've already said. It's like, it's like you bring the word of encouragement. Hey, you, you can make it. Hey. This is who I am. I know who I am, so I can speak life into you. Then you get to the place where you get to the soul of who people are. Let me just tell you right right now. People don't smoke weed just because they want to smoke weed. Sorry to tell you that. People don't just smoke. Don't, people just don't drink because they want to drink. People don't just get a divorce because they want to get a divorce. People don't do things. Those are only symptoms to other issues. They're symptoms. Like someone just doesn't just, oh, oh I have negative bank account. I keep, I keep withdrawing money. I keep withdrawing money, and they keep sending me these, these negative things. I don't know what the withdrawal fees, whatever. They keep sending them to me. That's a symptom to something else. It's a symptom. And many times inside of our lives, we love dealing with symptoms. Why? Why? Because it's easy. I can take a pill and it's going to fix me. You know, I was watching a uh, 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 different world. How many of you guys like different world? I, I'm, I'm into a different world where we watch like every night. We're like in season five. There's something like, 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 like that. Watching the girls are absolutely loving it. It's a different world. I don't know if I'm going to have stuff in it. And, 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 and what's the guy's name? Um, Mr. Gaines, is that the, 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 guy, the guy in the cafeteria? You know, and, uh, and what's his name is in her? Um, what's, what's the girl who's about to become a doctor? Kimberly is, is, is about to, you know, she has just done an internship at, at like a lab, and so she's about to go off to medical school. And, and, and so someone at the school had just 
died of a heart issue, and so he's all, man, I, I need a, I need a checkup. Yeah, and, and he goes, I know something's wrong with me. I can feel that there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. And so he, she does a whole examination of him. He comes back next day. I know you need to check me again. He's all, you need to stop. He goes, well, then you need to help me as a doctor. And this is what the thing was. She goes, okay, well, I need you to stop eating fatty food, nothing fried, no oil, more greens, you know, more, more greeny things. So she was playing things. He goes, no, that ain't me. I'm blunt. I need to eat pork. And then, so I'm like, I'm like, so he keeps looking at him like, what do you, what, you just ask me for help. But why is that not the solution to what we're going through? It's because we really don't want to deal with the heart of the issue. What we want to deal with is symptoms. Symptoms. As churches, as church people, we've gotten really good at symptoms. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Wear the right clothes. Make sure you smell good when you come to church. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. Make sure you're clean. Make sure it's that. Make sure if you can't speak this way, you can't do that. It's because we want to deal with symptoms instead of the heart of the issue. And we've got to be the type of people who say, I'm looking past the symptoms. This person smells. I don't like the way he smells. I don't like the way she smells. But I'll deal with it because it's a symptom. I'll deal with it. I'll deal because I'm trying to get at the heart of the issue. Think about people inside of your life. Think about the people that you work with. Think about the people that are inside of your family. Stop dealing with their symptoms and deal with the issues that they are faced with on a daily basis. What is the why behind why they get upset when you say blank? What is the reason why they turn to this instead of turning to God? What is the why behind why they decide that this is a better choice than this is? And you might not understand completely, but for every single one of us, because we want to be loved, because we are being loved by a Heavenly Father who's letting us approach Him without judgment, who's letting us speak to Him, even though we all have issues, no one in this room is perfect. And if you are perfect, hey, you're awesome and you're amazing and you're a liar. So as we spend time with God, we have the ability to take heart, to give people an opportunity to have a response. This is what they are here. This is what they are here. Sorry. The first thing is we have a call to action to people. We have a proclamation of us, of who we are. The third thing is that we can challenge them. Challenge them. Challenge them. In the middle of their circumstances, in the middle of our circumstances, in the middle of what we're going through, in the middle of what they're going through, we can speak life, and not only speak life, but give life. How cool is that? Let me just close out by giving this. Let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let me do two, two things. This is the first thing. I'm, I'm going to go back to point two where Jesus says, it is I. He didn't say it was Jesus. He didn't say, he said, this is I. This is the same example that I gave you about my wife. My wife enters that door and I'll hear, and I know it's her. She doesn't have to say hi. So with it. I know it's her. Why? Because I know her sound as she's coming. Like you mothers, you guys all know, look, homeless kids can be crying in the room. When your kid cries, you know that your kid is crying. 
ignored by the staff. Okay? So let me ask you a question. Can I or can you identify the voice of the voiceless speaking to you? So when you respond a certain way to something, what voice is that that's coming out? You know, my wife says it to me all the time, Wink McNabb. Really only Wink McNabb. Which I think all of us in this room probably have said it. She goes, you sound like your daddy. You your daddy's son. And even though I have nothing against my dad, that's what makes me mad. Because you know what I say back to her? That's why you your, your daddy's daughter. Or, or, yeah, or I say, you, that's why you sound like your mama. You just your mama's mama. You know, just your mama's daughter, whatever. You, you know, and, and, and I think about this. What voice are people hearing that is coming out of them? When I grow up, I'm never going to be like my daughter. Like, that's, that's, that's my daughter's thing the other day. When, when I get older, I'm not going to parent the way you, you, you guys parent. And, and I, I, I looked at her, and, and, I, and I said, girl, I'm going to pray that you have a whole bunch of kids that are just like you. You know, I, I'm just going to pray it. Because I'm going to come over as a grandchild, I'm as a, grandchild, as a grandfather, and I'm just going to be like, hey, how you doing? You want some sugar? You want, you want this? You want, you want that? I'm going to give them everything that they would want, their heart desires, and I'm going to lead a mess with them. You, you, I do that because I just, what I do, I don't know why, but it's just because I'm tit for tat. I'm, 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 I'm petty, petty. <laughs> so, <laughs> I told you I'm petty. But, 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 but. So, so this is the thing about it is, is, is that the voice that you're speaking, is that God's voice? Is it your voice? Is it a family member's voice? Is it a friend's voice? What voices are you identifying through the words that you are using? I remember that when we were in middle school, we used to all speak the same way. I, I don't know what the deal was with it. With that. One person said a cuss word, we all were cussing. You know? One person say a phrase, we all were saying a phrase. You know, you know what I'm saying? We were in high, high school. You know, it was, like, it, was, it was like, you know, that was during like the chronic rising years. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, all of us were like, Walk, walking around seeing each other, be like, we're cool. Like, you're such an idiot. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, my, my cousins, they, they, they're a little bit younger than me, probably about two years old. You know, you know they were like the high school generation. You know, they'll be like, we're going dumb. And I'd be like, <laughs> like, like, you're doing what? We're going dumb. You know, that was like, you're just like you. You guys went dumb, huh? You guys could go dumb. And, and I'm going dumb. You know, that's like... I was, at first, I was like, that's so stupid. But behind closed doors, I was like, yeah, we're going down. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that come on right, right, right now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're going down. Yeah, you know. So, it's just, so you guys that are older that don't know, that was like a song. And just Google it. <laughs> and this is the, the, the last thing, the voice of God. How do we hear the voice of God? Because that, that's one of the things we talked about. Four ways in which we hear the voice of God. We hear the voice of God first through the Word of God, by opening up our Bible. The second thing is by the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And I think that for all these, not only do you need to make room for God to speak, but you've got to be patient. You know, I have a three-year-old nephew who just turned three years old. 
And and last night there was moments where you know I had to be like, hey, come here, come here. And he would look at me, and he'd walk right over to me. And he'd be like, really? But then when his mama came this morning, I'm asking him, how old are you? How old are you? How old are you? How old are you? I think you walked in or someone, 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 you, you walked in. Diane walked in, asked him one time, how old are you? Three. And what you have to understand is that I don't love him any less because he was doing what he was doing. I, I don't. And God doesn't love you less just because you don't hear him that one time or the two times or the three times or the four times. Keep speaking. Keep talking. And so the other thing is that through the Holy Spirit, the other thing is through the house of God, by being here on Sunday, sermons, preaching, being around other believers. The other thing is you hear in your spirit. Now, that's almost the same thing as hearing, you know, the Holy Spirit, but I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit speaking to you. See, sometimes we say, oh, well, the Holy Spirit told me that. No, what actually told you that was not the Holy Spirit, but it was because you had set up a whole bunch of patterns inside of your life and when you set up patterns inside of your life, the voice that you are hearing is actually your voice that you have set up inside of your life. Remember, muscle memory. And so sometimes it's not the Holy Spirit that's telling you no. It is you knowing that it's the right thing or it's not the right thing to do. And the reason why you need to grab a hold of that and understand that, because that preaches to the importance of consistency. It preaches to the importance of in the good and the bad, you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And what it builds is strength. It builds confidence. It builds momentum inside of your life. And it enables you to make the decisions that you need to make. And a lot of times we want to trust the Holy Spirit for everything. And the Holy Spirit saying, I've done my part. You need to do yours. And as you do yours, you implement muscle memory. You implement a conscience that is telling you that's not right for me to do. That's the right decision for me to do. I want to hear this when I'm in this circumstance, and so I'm going to give this to this person right now. There you go. And I'm done. 